Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, First and foremost, we have some breaking news over at The Blaze. Politico publishes piece claiming Kamala Harris is Biden's vice presidential pick, quickly scrubs it. Politico made waves on social media Tuesday when they published and promptly corrected a biography of Kamala Harris claiming the Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen her as his running mate days from now on August 1. A communications aide for Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell posted the Politico blurb on Twitter, writing, Huh? Politico labeled Senator Kamala Harris as Biden's running mate that he chose on August 1, four days from now. Now the bio read, Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris to become his running mate for the 2020 election on August 1, two weeks before the Democratic National Convention, after keeping his choice close to his chest for months. In his announcement, Biden called Harris a worthy opponent and a worthy running mate, alluding to the pair's rivalry during the earlier stages of the Democratic primary. She will bring her experience as a prosecutor, household name recognition, and skill as a debater to the ticket. Good Lord, she's a nut job. The news set Twitter abuzz, and the Daily Caller's Henry Rogers noted that Politico deleted the vice presidential bio of Harris, while David Hookstead posted a side-by-side showing the outlet had replaced the briefly posted blurb with a bio detailing Harris's background. Politico added an editor's note saying, due to a technical error, an earlier version of this graphic mistakenly reported that Biden had made his VP selection. We regret the mistake. Now, what's going on here? Well, I have a couple of guesses. One, this was leaked to them, and they were going to have a, uh, an early exclusive, and they blew it. Number two, 
they've written up like five of these for the various potential candidates, and they accidentally put that one up. And it obviously could be either. I don't know. All right, I, uh, I watched much of the, uh, of the House hearings uh, with the Attorney General, Bill Barr. I've been around a little while. I've been around Washington a little while. I served in the Reagan administration, as you know, for eight years. I served for an Attorney General, Attorney General Meese. I've seen some very, very aggressive committee hearings. I've never seen anything like this. First of all, there was no legitimate congressional purpose for this hearing. Presumably, when you call the Attorney General of the United States to a committee, which is a big deal, you're going to ask questions and you're going to let them answer. So they didn't let him answer questions. That's number one. Number two, they said horrendous things about him, accusing him of murder and treason and other things, and would not let him respond. There were a number of them who I utterly despise. Who's that little puke from Rhode Island who has his, uh, his plugs in there? He thinks he's a little Joe Biden. Cicilline, I think his name is. Mr. Producer? Invite little Cicilline on. He thinks he's a tough guy, would you? He's from Rhode Island. And so this was just a political stunt aimed at trying to reach the Democrat Party base. Here's the problem with the Democrat Party base. They're too busy preparing Molotov cocktails, frozen water bottles, slingshot pellets, and a variety of other handmade weapons during the day to use at night to be watching these hearings. Now, if Republicans or independents or white women with college degrees in the suburbs were watching these hearings, they should be disgusted by what they saw. Disgusted. What else did you hear or learn from these hearings? The Democrat Party is all in with a violent Marxist paramilitary wing of their party. They're all in. I didn't hear a single one of them, a single one of them criticize what these paramilitary miscreants were doing. Not one of them. I heard them again attacking law enforcement, attacking the Attorney General. Lying about what took place in Lafayette Park. Not letting the Attorney General finish. But that's it. They're all in. Biden's in. Pelosi's in. Schumer's in. They're all in. You need to understand that. You've got a radical fringe Democrat party. And I'm going to be very blunt with you. You look at some of these members from New York City in that area. And some of them are white. Some of them are Irish. Some of them are German. Some of them are Jewish. And they look over their shoulder and what do they see, Mr. Producer? They see radicals of color. Like AOC, like the one that knocked off Elliot Engel. And so they're moving even further left than they normally are to try and prevent the attack from the left. 
And this is a result of demographic changes, immigration changes, that are not only changing the nature of the country, but changing the nature of the Democrat Party. Changing the nature of the Democrat Party, that is, ideologically. Those of you who live in districts where people run for the House as Democrats and claim they they want bipartisan this and that, and you need to keep something in mind. But for the fact that they go to the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi would not be Speaker of the House. So I don't care what they claim to stand for. They vote for her to be Speaker of the House. They all voted to impeach the President of the United States. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. I don't want them to be bipartisan. I want liberty. I want our Constitution back. There's not a single Democrat running for the House of Representatives who believes in liberty and individualism and the Constitution. I heard that jackass Cicilline from Rhode Island compare the modern-day Marxists, traitor, anarchists, the paramilitary wing of the Democrat Party, to those who protested for civil rights and voting rights for women and, and the revolutionaries. They have nothing to do with it. Those individuals were seeking their constitutional rights. In the case of the Revolutionary War, they were seeking representative government. Marxist anarchists, traitors, seek to destroy the country. This isn't the American Revolution, as we've said a thousand times. It's the French Revolution. Now, what's the difference? Well, there's many, but let me point one out. Paraphrasing the great Edmund Burke, member of the Parliament of Britain, Irishman, brilliant, brilliant philosopher and speechwriter. You see, the French Revolution was about destroying the society top to bottom. Cleaning the slate. Oddly, aspects of Marxism, if you will. That's why their guillotine was working full time. And then they used the guillotine against each other. And you can see that. Mao's communist China. Lenin, then Stalin's communist Russia. Same thing. Communist Cuba. Eventually they wipe each other out. And the one left is the most radical of the bunch. The American Revolution wasn't about destroying society. The American Revolution was about having a just law, a representative government, taxation with representation, and so forth. It was an enlightened revolution. So there's a big difference. Mr. Cicilline, you moron. Uh, Now I'll never come on. But anyway, you get the point. But when you watched these Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee, you could picture each and every one of them with a Molotov cocktail, or slingshot, or a brick, or a stone, or a spear, or a frozen bottle of water, and attacking the police. Every damn one of them. They're part of the mob. They're not dressed like the mob. Obviously, they're in the house, but they're the mob. They're the cleaned-up version of the mob, serving in the House of Representatives. Remember, these are the people who've promoted a coup. 
These are the people who are perfectly happy with the Hillary campaign and the Obama administration using law enforcement and intelligence agencies to try and take out a president. They have no problem with it. Nadler's never held a hearing on this, ever. And yet they accuse Bill Barr of abuse. They accuse Bill Barr of abuse. I looked at the Washington Compost today. If you want truth, if you want news, do not buy the Washington Compost. I wouldn't even use it to line a birdcage. I'd be afraid the bird would get something uh, from the paper. It's full of problem. Some of it's nuanced, some of it's in your face. That paper from top to bottom is poison. Absolute poison. Much like the New York Slimes. And I want to remind you, the Washington Post, like the New York Slimes, did its bets to cover up the Holocaust. You know, I, I work at the New York Washington Post. Very, very impressive. You, you know what, Harvey? And when you were going to journalism school, I just assumed, I mean, I had no idea you'd wind up at the Washington Post. Oh, my God, what a, what a feather in your cap, Harvey. Feather in your cap. Lousy, pathetic, propagandizing newspaper. Needed the wealthiest man in the world to save it because it was going bankrupt. But this hearing today was the Portland mob inside the hearing room. That's what it was. If you handed them baseball bats and steel rods and all kinds of weapons, you got the sense they might just use it. They might use them. But instead they use their mouths and they use power. And they're actually more destructive than the mob. More destructive than the mob. And I just want you to think about how they're going to be if they take the Senate and the White House. Then I watch part of Joe Biden's so-called press release, and he's calling out the reporters by name, many of them local. They know who's, who's, uh, who's going to ask the questions in that regard. Okay. He's got more plans and more programs than we have time on this face of the earth to implement. And that's what they do. He wants you to know you're going to have 100% child care. 100%. senior care. Free college. Pay off college debt. Massively expand government health care. Massively. He's got program after program. He's going to destroy the suburbs. See, they need money. So they need assets. So they're going to destroy the suburbs. They're going to yank the money out of the suburbs. It's really very much a, a sort of a Marxist regulation, but they cover it up very well. They, they cover it up in diversity, economic diversity, racial diversity. So they're going to have to pillage in their own way. Pillage, burn down, riot in their own way with the use of the law and the use of the Constitution to destroy both. The one positive upside about it is, if you did watch it, you really got to see how disgusting these fools are. It got to the point where I had to post something. I've never seen a bigger bunch of a-holes in my life. That's pretty much what I posted, isn't it, Mr. Producer? And it's true. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So a congresswoman, I think she's from Seattle, was called out. And uh, she said, well, if you're going to call me, at least pronounce my name properly. It's like Pramila Jayapal or something. Uh, Pramila Jayapal. At least, at least uh, call out my name properly. No offense. No offense. But that's a lot of consonants in one name, isn't it, Mr. Producer? So, you know, it's not like Johnson or Smith or Franks or Goldberg. It takes a few tries. It really does. Pramila Jayapal, and boy, does she hate America. When I watch these seething, cancerous, insane Excuses. Excuses for members of Congress. One after the other on the Democrat side, I said, wow. They must have all flown in from Portland. I think at night, they take the red eye out there and they, they dress up and they cover their faces, which is a positive point, please do. And then they start attacking the court. Did you ever think in your life that defending a federal courthouse with federal personnel will be attacked by the media, by mayors, by governors, and Democrats in Washington, D.C. You know, you knew they were nuts. You knew they were friggin' nuts. But defending a federal courthouse? I mean, where else are liberal judges going to go but federal courthouses? It's really quite shocking. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
journalism ends at liberty begins. The Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Now let's just listen to a little bit of this freak show. We have Cedric Richmond, Democrat of Louisiana. And this gentleman sees race and racism everywhere and all the time. Here is a member of the House of Representatives. Member of the House of Representatives. He's in the most beneficent country on the face of the earth. The most tolerant country on the face of the earth. Actually, the most diverse country. Certainly one of them on the face of the earth. Where liberty reigns when the government butts out. But you wouldn't know it. And so... He's found a way to bring up John Lewis's name and to trash the Attorney General all at once. Cut four, go. Attorney General Barr, you started your testimony with eloquent words about the life and legacy of John Lewis fighting. Let, let's stop here a minute. Let's stop here a minute. I always make a distinction. It's like John McCain was a war hero. There's no question about it. But I strongly disagree with many of his positions as a United States Senator. John Lewis was a civil rights hero. There's no question about it. But many times in Congress, he was very mean and very rude. And I remember that time when the Tea Party had a rally on the Capitol steps. And he accused somebody of spinning on him and calling the N-word. Nobody could find any video or audio of any kind that supported that. So these are all human beings, like all the rest of us. They were heroes in their lives, and but they were imperfect in their lives. That goes for John McCain, that goes for me, that goes for, for Lewis, uh, for John Lewis. So I want to remember this. I want us to remember this. Because it's very important. People that try to turn some people into perfect angels and some people into perfect devils. Life doesn't work that way. There are examples of perfect devils. Hitler and so forth and so on. But in the political battle, it really doesn't work that way. So let's start at the top. Cut four. Attorney General Barr, you started your testimony with eloquent words about the life and legacy of John Lewis fighting systematic racism, uh, voter intimidation, civil rights. Uh, The one thing that you have in common with your two predecessors, both Attorney General Sessions, and Attorney General Whitaker, is that when you all came here and brought your top staff, you brought no black people. That, sir, is systematic racism. Now let's stop a second. If you are a member of the Congressional Black Caucus that has no white members, is that systemic racism? I'm just curious. And there's so many other things I could say. Look at the United States Senate. There's 100 members and three black people. Over and over again, we're told about the Republican Party being the party of white people. So I guess the Democrat Party is the party of minorities. They have two black people in the entire United States Senate. Two Democrats who are black people in the entire United States Senate. Is that systemic racism? When black candidates do run under the Republican banner, such as in Michigan, or when they are nominated to the Supreme Court, such as Clarence Thomas, how are they treated? 
How are black Republicans treated who are conservative or even slightly conservative? How are they treated by black liberals like Cedric Richmond? They're treated like crap. That's how they're treated. I don't know how many African-Americans were on Robert Kennedy's staff. I honestly have no idea. How many? How many were on John Kennedy's staff? I have no idea. At the top of the Washington Post, there's a white man. There's not a black man or a black woman. What about the New York Times? No, the ownership of the New York Times, white. White. The Speaker of the House, white. The Democrat leader in the Senate, white. The number two leader in the Senate, white. The number two leader in the House, white. But you see, Cedric Richmond doesn't see any of that because he's a leftist. It really doesn't matter to him. His party had an opportunity to nominate a person of color. And they're going with Joe Biden, a person of no color. But that doesn't bother Cedric Lewis because of the policies you see. They conflate race with Marxism-Socialism. That's what Cedric Richmond does. He's a fraud. He's a political hack. He doesn't call out his own party. He doesn't even call out his own soon-to-be nominee for the racist things that his soon-to-be nominee has said recently and in his past. Just like the women who support Biden are frauds. They don't care about Tyra Reid. Tyra Reid doesn't even exist anymore. You don't hear about Tyra Reid. Now Stormy Daniels, you never heard the end of it. What happened to Tyra Reid? Poof, Tyra Reid's gone. After they trashed her, she doesn't exist anymore. Now we have Pramila Jayapal. I hope I pronounced that right. I certainly don't want to offend her. Pramila Jayapal at the hearing today was especially grotesque in the way she treated the Attorney General, but what do you expect from the representative of, I think it's Seattle? Cut five, go. So I do want to ask you, do you think that your response, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were just simply uh, exercising their First Amendment rights. Now, this dimwit, however she pronounced her name, I guess she missed the part where they attacked St. John's Church. I guess she missed the part where they were trying to pull down a federal monument. I guess she missed the part where they had to put up extra fencing to keep these people out of the White House, where Secret Service personnel the day before had been injured. I guess she missed all that. She didn't miss anything. She's a Marxist buffoon. Pramila Jayapal. Go ahead. Well, first, it's my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction. So, that- so she won't let him finish. Like a good commie. It's a semantic difference? Uh, really? No, it's not. Go ahead. 
proven false by many fact checkers. How is it semantic? Do you think how is it semantic? Tear gas is a particular compound. You talked about chemical irritants and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Oh, there's no well, difference between tear gas and pepper spray? Well, you can go out in most communities and buy pepper spray, can't you, Mr. Producer? And you can walk around by try buying tear gas. Tear gas doesn't come, come in a little container. It's a completely different compound. So Pramila Jayapal wants her name to be pronounced properly, but she doesn't want you to know the difference between deer, tear gas and pepper spray because she has a narrative. Because she's insane. And I hope they use tear gas, and maybe they need to use rubber bullets, and I've had about enough of this crap. You're going to attack monuments... You're going to uh, attack churches and synagogues? Don't tell me it's peaceful, you moron. whole bunch of morons. Don't tell me it's peaceful when it's violent, when people are getting hurt, officers are getting blinded, they're getting concussions, 50 at a time, 60 at a time. It's just peaceful BS. And so I posted today, even before Doug Collins got it out, Doug Collins would make a great senator, by the way. Just saying. Can you imagine if four, five, six, ten thousand people descended on the Capitol building in Washington, D.C.? I'm not advocating that, just saying, imagine this. With all the kinds of weapons these paramilitary types have in Portland, in Seattle, in other parts of our country. Why is the Capitol building sacrosanct, but federal courthouses are not? Federal courthouses have what we call federal judges, federal prosecutors, federal defense uh, offices, juries. That's our justice system under attack. That's why they're targeting the justice system. So what if this happened to the Capitol building? What if we defund, as I've said over and over again, defund the Capitol Police? Let's defund, the, I'm telling you, you've got to use their strategy against them. Let's defund the Capitol Police. Let's re-image the law enforcement's uh, components relevant to the Capitol Hill and members of Congress. I think they should have the same re-imaged police support that they have and they re-image police support in Minneapolis where deaths are going through the roof, rape is going through the roof. I, I think Congress particularly the Democrats though, they need to experience what it's like to reimagine law enforcement. They need to experience what it's like to have to hunker down and lock the doors and block the windows with plywood and shake in your high heels and your loafers and hope that four, five thousand, ten thousand, whatever the number is, people don't penetrate the building as they're trying to throw lighter fluid in there and, and Molotov cocktails in there. And the police are being beaten up and abused. Can you imagine that happening to the Capitol building? What would they do then? But it's interesting. They don't do it to the Capitol building. You want to know why, Mr. Producer? They're Democrats. They run the House. There's a reason why they pull down Abraham Lincoln's monuments. They pull down 
Catholic monuments, they attack Jewish temples, they pull down Ulysses S. Grant, they pull down abolitionists, they pull down the 45th, the 54th unit, they desecrate that statue of the all-black first unit in the Civil War, they do all, there's a reason why you don't even have to protect FDR's monument. No. All the Democrat symbols of the modern Democrat are untouched. Why is that? Because the people looting and rioting are Democrats. You think there's one Republican among them? No. We all know white Republicans are supremacists. Let's go on, please. Go. Appropriate at Lafayette Park to pepper spray, tear gas, and beat protesters and injure First of all, dimwit, they're not protesters. And yes, it is appropriate to tear gas them, pepper spray them, and beat them if they're trying to destroy federal property and get access to the White House. And if they're fighting the Park Police, the Metropolitan Police, and the Unarmed National Guard. What do you think about that? I said it is appropriate. Go ahead. Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... uh, Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no. I just asked for a yes or no. I put words in your mouth, Mr. Barr. I put lying, filthy, poisonous words in your mouth, Mr. Barr. Now just give me a yes or no. We're not here to have real answers from you, Mr. Attorney General. You're a punching bag. That's why you're here. Don't you understand who we are? We're down for the revolution. We're Marxists, dressed up as Democrats, dressed up as Congress peoples. Yes. We'd much rather be in the streets throwing Molotov cocktails, but we'll throw them in the form of trashing you. Don't you know, Mr. Barr? And if you don't like it, we'll just impeach you, you know. Bastard. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I want you to think about something else here. While all these law enforcement resources are being used to deal with the Marxist traitor Democrats, the paramilitary wing of the Democrat Party, that means 
Other issues are not being addressed by law enforcement, like terrorism, drug cartels, um, homicides, you name it. Because resources are having to be shifted. They're having to be shifted. And the reason resources are having to be shifted by the federal government is because the mayors and the city councils, you have people like... uh, Pramala, Pramila, Jayapal, running these towns. Absolute nutjobs. Now, there's one more back and forth that I want to play with you because I think it's important to explain this. I'm not going to have time, I don't think, now. Am I, Mr. Producer? I don't think so. Where she accuses Barr of targeting BLM protesters and not right-wing extremists in Michigan. And it's pretty nasty. And she says, white men with swastas are getting Trump's agenda done. And they were armed. And she's talking about Michigan protesters. Two things. What violence was there at the Michigan State Capitol? Absolutely none. They were armed. They were allowed to be armed. They didn't use their arms. Now... I'm the first one to tell you that anyone has a swastika in front of me, anyway, that's not going to go very well. But under our Constitution, she may not be aware of this, there was a big case, the Skokie case, where neo-Nazis were marching right down the center of a suburban Jewish neighborhood outside of Chicago. And they were allowed to do it. But there was no violence. Number two, The Michigan State Capitol is a state building. The federal courthouse in Portland is a federal building and it's under attack. There is no, no parallel whatsoever. But for her, being a monumental race baiter, it's just enough to throw that out there. What you didn't hear from the Democrats either, of course, is thank you, Mr. Attorney General. Please thank the U.S. Marshals, the DHS... Please thank all the federal personnel that, that you have assigned to protect our courthouse in Portland, to protect our community in Seattle. Thank you, federal government. Thank you, President Trump. No, 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 no. I'm telling you now, these Democrats are absolutely disgusting. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know what's interesting? All through the hearings, and even now with the coverage of the hearings, they talk about this Navy veteran. Big guy. Did you see that, Mr. Producer, in Portland? Nothing could stop this guy. And they said he got a beatdown. All he had to do was move back. They didn't want him near the fence. And he broke his hand. And he's been mentioned over and over and over again. 
And did you see the, the mothers who had been marching? And some of them got tear gassed. They weren't tear gassed. You know, tear gas doesn't stay in one place. It moves once, once it's used. What are the names of the three federal officers? What are the names of the three federal officers whose eyes were lasered and may well be blind for life? What are their names? I don't know their names. Do you know their names, Mr. Reducer? What are the names of the over 180 federal law enforcement individuals who've been injured? Do we know the name of one? One? No, it's quite simple. At nighttime, say midnight, or maybe early in the morning, one, two, three, four, five in the morning, what are you doing around a federal courthouse that you know is the focus of violence for the last two months? Well, I'm peacefully protesting. No, you're not. These so-called peaceful protesters are there before the violent protesters. And this is the semantical game. This is the confusion that the media and the Marxists are trying to create for you. Why are you there at 2 in the morning at the courthouse? I want to be seen. I want to see it. Well, don't be. It's my constitutional right. It is. But once you're part of a violent mob, it's also our right to put you down. Now, I may be getting too old, but I remember the good old days that if you were throwing Molotov cocktails into a federal courthouse, you could be shot on the spot. That if you're trying to break into a federal courthouse at midnight or two in the morning, you could be shot on the spot. That if you're trying to penetrate a barrier to get to a federal building, a federal courthouse, and you are not listening to directives to cut it out, and you're part of a mob, you can be shot. So now we're debating over the difference between tear gas and pepper spray. And my good friend, Pramila Jagyapal, or whatever the hell it is, she is offended. Very troubled. And it is amazing, all the protests that we saw at the White House and Lafayette Park, that we saw nothing on Capitol Hill. Nothing. Now, when you look at the barriers on Capitol Hill and how far they're pushed out, it's amazing. You can't get close to that pace. There's like three layers of protection. And they've got these massive metal obstructing devices that come out of the ground to prevent cars and trucks from coming. You're asked who you are. You're asked all kinds of things. Not just once, but multiple times before you can actually get in to see your senator or congressman. Metal to everything. Well, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Why aren't they re-imaging what they do up there? They have their own police force. It's called the Capitol Hill Police Force. Congress has its own police force. And they're armed to the teeth. God bless them. And many of them are my supporters, by the way. But you get my point. They're protected by federal law enforcement, Capitol Hill Police. 
How do you think they would feel if people were firing Molotov cocktails into the speaker's office? What do you think they'd say if people were breaching the perimeters? What do you think they'd say if people were trying to bust down the doors and get in there at 3 in the morning? What do you think they'd say? Uh, is that uh, tear gas or pepper spray? Uh, I don't know. You know the difference, uh, Mr. Attorney General, don't you? Of course you do. You know the difference, don't you? What if they wanted to pull down some of the monuments around the Capitol building? What do you think they'd say? They're frauds. You know exactly what they'd say. This is a a Democrat Party inspired, a Democrat Party supported attempt. They failed at the coup in the presidency, and now they seek to literally overthrow the government. And they'll do it with their violent wing. They'll do it with legislation. They'll do it with court decisions. They'll do it any way they can. And that is their goal. And I've spent a lot of time the last week talking about the suburbs. We got a lot of morons in the suburbs. And did you see what he treated yesterday, Sylvia? I don't know, Harriet. What did he treat? I don't know, Nancy. What did he treat? Oh, it's the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Do you understand what Biden wants to do this? Not Joe. Lunch bucket Joe. He seems so nice. He's, he seems so compassionate. He's not Trump. Yeah, that Joe who tried to destroy Bob Bork, that Joe who tried to destroy, destroy Clarence Thomas, who t- tried to destroy many lives, that Joe who was happy to work for segregationists, that Joe who was a bigot, that Joe who can't keep his hands to himself. You know, Donald Trump, they've gone all over. Oh, we got losses. Oh, hush my uh, Tara Reid. Crickets. The Me Too movement only goes so far. Now it's the FU movement. That's what it is. I have a piece here from the TimesUnion.com. TimesUnion.com. And it's from yesterday, or at least I printed it out yesterday, but I think it's from yesterday. It doesn't matter, it's recent. Supporters of Cuba and Black Lives Matter find common ground. Saying that racism and imperialism are two sides of the same political coin, a group of activists gathered Saturday to call for unity between the Black Lives Matters movement and Cuba, which has been under a U.S. trade embargo for more than six decades due to its Marxist government. The horrendous statue behind us reminds us of the arrogance of empire, said Jose Rosie Milan of the Albany-Cuba Solidarity Group. He was referring to the statue of Albany's Townsend Park commemorating the 1898 Spanish-American War, which resulted in an independent Cuba. He added that activists like himself often refer to the park as Imperialism Park. And by the way, in the Democrat platform that they've drafted, they come out and support the Native Americans who fought against our country in 1812. That shows you how sick this is. While Cuba became its own country, America's victory in the 10-week Spanish-American War also led to the U.S. gaining control of the Philippines, Guam, and Puerto Rico. And it marked the end of what had been a centuries-old Spanish empire that one time spanned the globe. 
The Philippines gained independence after World War II, while Guam and Puerto Rico remained U.S. territories. Relations between Cuba and the U.S. ruptured when Fidel Castro took over the government in 1959. He only had like a few dozen uh, people, by the way. A few dozen terrorists, guerrillas. A native Puerto Rican who works as a psychologist in Schenectady, Rosie Milan said he thought this was a good time to work on building ties between Black Lives Matter and Cuban supporters. The racism afflicting the U.S. and the embargo both stem from what he believes is U.S. imperialistic tendencies. Now this is sick. Everybody but the ruling elite in Cuba lives in a police state. They're imprisoned. That's what they live in. Number one. Number two. During and soon after the revolution, when Castro and his Marxist hoods took over the Cuba, Che Guevara, you may have heard of him, he's on t-shirts everywhere, was a racist. He didn't like black Cubans or black Hispanics, as he would refer to them. And he was more than happy to execute them. So this moron in Albany doesn't even know what took place in Cuba. One of the tactics of empire is to dehumanize those that want its to oppress. He told the crowd of about 150 people who gathered by Townsend Park statue. One of the goals, said Rosie Milan, was to end the embargo and travel restrictions. It makes it difficult for Americans to visit Cuba. In addition to Black Lives Matter and Albany-Cuba solidarity, more than a dozen local peace activists and anti-racism groups were represented, as well as the Green and Socialist Workers' Party. Who do you think they're voting for? Every one of them in this election, Mr. Producer. Biden. Biden. It's a huge article, an outstanding article, in tabletmag.com. Biden VP favorite Karen Bass, radical fringe. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, she owns a hard fringe of the left of the Democrat Party. Why? In the mid-70s, she was an organizer of the Venceromas Brigade, according to accounts in an interview with a future congresswoman published in an organized six-week work trips for American leftists of all tendency. Uh, what were they? They were supporters of the Castro regime. And she was an activist for the Castro regime. An event blurb in the October 1975 issue of the Communist Daily World newspaper talks of the leader of the Venceromas Brigade in South California, Bass herself, ex-doctoral candidate working on a 1996 PhD dissertation, submitted it on the activists of diverse backgrounds, a qualitative study of perceived influence, and by Bass at age 19, spanned the next five years, she spanned the next five years, Cuba, who is currently the director of mental health services and so forth, when she was reached for comment about it, she said she wasn't a leader. She's been to Cuba several times because she believes, like she said, improved relationships is through communication and diplomacy. But she was more than that, ladies and gentlemen. 
she was a communist. <sighs> yes, she was. No, she was. Yes, she was. And more and more of them on the left getting elected to Congress. As our nation balkanizes, as we have more immigrants come into the country who do not assimilate into our culture, as they go to our colleges and universities with tenured Marxists teaching them Marxism, as the Democrat Party continues to trash our nation and the media continue to trash our nation, it's all now reached a crescendo. So if you support the rule of law, you're a white supremacist. If you support federal law enforcement protecting federal facilities like a federal courthouse, you're Hitlerian. And besides, none of you who do not agree with them, who have a different viewpoint, regardless of your race, you're white supremacists. You come from white privilege. Even if the people accusing you of that have more power and more money and more effect in the culture, it doesn't matter. This is pure Marxist propaganda. Destroy other people. It's Saul Linsky tactics. Personalize and attack. And that is exactly what's on the table right now. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Let's go to Pam in Prosper, Texas, the great WBAP. How are you? Mark, I'm great. Thank you for being a patriotic warrior for well, all thank of you. us who are fighting out here on the front. Thank I'm you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your books. But what I wanted to uh, share with you was I have been reading a book on the life of Washington, mm -hmm. which was originally published in 1842 by wow. M.C. Reed. And in 1794, the second year after Washington's election, he had occasion to exercise his firmness in quelling an insurrection excited in the western parts of Pennsylvania by some unprincipled idlers, mm -hmm. as he called them. 
And he endeavored to make the rioters submit quietly to the laws. But when he found that they would not do so, he determined on sending against them a force which would be too powerful for them to resist. And by doing this, he hoped to prevent any bloodshed. So the troops were sent to Bedford in Pennsylvania and at Cumberland on the Potomac. Governor Lee of Virginia was appointed to command the expedition. And as the president had expected, the greatness of the force subdued without shedding blood. The perverse spirit, as the author says, which had been raging in those locations. And I think this is what Trump should do. These are not protesters, Mark. These are domestic Here's the problem, though, Pam. We have uh, a fifth column in this country called the Democrat Party. And they control a lot of these areas. And so even though the federal courthouse is under federal control... You've got state and local law enforcement who are supposed to be assisting federal law enforcement, but when the governors or the mayors tell them to stand down, it creates a problem. On top of that, let me take you back to this point. When General Mattis and another generals joined him, ex-generals, attacked the President of the United States openly, the Commander-in-Chief respecting Lafayette Park, and he attacked the President of the United States falsely, and then talked about the use of troops in uh, having peace and tranquility, and tranquility in the country, and he felt that it was like authoritarian because he wanted to get even with Trump. He did grave damage to this country. He and others did grave damage to this country. Kelly, I can't remember all their names, and nobody else will remember them either as history goes on. Because they wanted to get even. I just want to make an important point here. So in many respects, they tried to tie the president's hands. And then the Secretary of Defense, who I'm no fan of, this guy Esper, he quietly threw into uh, uh, that we can't use our military this way, and he buckled the pressure. The fact is the Insurrection Act has been used many, many, many times and for situations a lot less threatening than this. And the truth is, they've boxed the Commander-in-Chief, our President, in. They've boxed him in. Because you're right, the way to handle this now is to send in the National Guard, federalize them, and put it down. It's now spreading from city to city, Democrat-controlled area from Democrat-controlled area, Do the Democrats seem concerned about it to you, Pam? Do the Democrats seem like they want this to end? No, they want it to go right up to Election Day. And should Biden become president, then they'll want to end it. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. On the straight and narrow path, you have a guide. Mark Levin. Call in now at 877-381-3811. 
I explained this last week or the week before the days get jumbled together. Marxism has as its purpose to overthrow our country, as it does every country. To eliminate the civil society, to eliminate your history, so it claims. Start with a blank slate. Now, Pelosi and the Democrats call the Confederates and their generals and their president traitors for trying to overthrow our country. Actually, what they were trying to do is break away from our country. And accuse them of being traitors. And they've said it over and over again. Well, if you're a Marxist, you're a traitor. But for some reason, for the Democrat Party, if you're a Marxist traitor, uh, they have a very... uh, Very big tent, so you're welcome to come in. They almost nominated one. Instead, they nominated the ghost of one. And yet, there are different types of traitors who seek to do similar things in different ways, different motivations. But a traitor is a traitor. So if you're a Marxist, you're a traitor. By definition, you're a traitor. Because obviously, constitutionalism, individualism, capitalism are the things that, among other things, Marxism seeks to destroy, to obliterate. And yet, much of the Democrat Party agenda is sort of an American-style soft Marxism, which is really what progressivism is. And any reporter at the Washington Post or the New York Times who wants to debate me on this, call the show and let's have a discussion. But they won't. Now, why am I bringing all this up? Well, because Nancy Pelosi is all for tearing down statues of traitors, removing portraits of traitors. But she has no problem with armed traitors in modern-day America. We're not talking about a hundred and some years ago. Modern-day America attacking a federal courthouse, taking over parts of a city, brutalizing cops in New York City. She has never condemned it. She has never condemned it. She's enjoying this. She's celebrating this. So as I said earlier in the program, they tried a coup against the President of the United States. Now this is a broader coup. It's a broader coup effort. And look at their proposals. Joe Biden gets up there and he reads from a teleprompter and note cards today and every day when he does it about a new program for this identified ethnic group, a new pro- this identified religious group, a new pro- this identified uh, genitalia group. Uh, they're going to cover everything in your life for free. Everything. Because you're all victims. And it's not fair. And Joe has come back. Joe cares about you. So if you need health care, he's going to take care of you. If you need child care, he's going to take care of you. you need senior care, he's going to take care of you. If you're an illegal immigrant, he's going to take care of you. Don't worry. And then he's going to use government to do it. And then when they're in power, they're going to get rid of all these colonialist or imperialist, systematic racist type things. And what are they going to do? More government. The system is racist and imperialist and colonialist, so we'll make it even stronger. Bigger. This is how it works. 
If there's systemic racism in Democrat cities, why aren't they blaming Democrats for it? Now, this fool mayor of Portland keeps saying uh, he wants federal law enforcement out of Portland. Now, this guy's too stupid to even be a rock. Those are federal facilities. That's federal land. You don't have the power to tell anybody to get off federal land. You miscreant. You puke. But listen, watch to these mayors. They're as radical as they come. The mayor of Portland, the mayor of Seattle, the mayor of New York, the mayor of Minneapolis, all leftists, whites, college-educated elites. Chicago, the mayor there, clearly not white, but an utter buffoon. Mayor of Philadelphia, white. But they must, they're not of white privilege, you see, because they're down for the revolution. We don't talk about people as individual human beings anymore. We talk the language of the left, the Marxists, the Democrats now. It's all their language that we use now. White supremacy, white privilege, systemic racism. Excuse me, that guy's a good guy. He's a what? Nah, privileged. New York Times pushes this propaganda with its 1619 project. The most damaging educational propaganda in modern American history, coming right out of the Holocaust-denying New York Times, the Walter Durandy newspaper. That paper has done more damage to this country, to the lives of Americans, to the lives of Jews in Europe, to the lives of Ukrainians, than any other force on the face of the earth. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character, to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. And it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its supported classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. Now this learning includes the Constitution, includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence that we celebrate every 4th of July. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. There's so much to cover, so let me continue. I was thinking about this earlier today. Virtual teaching. Now, as I said several weeks ago, your local school boards have now demonstrated, thanks to the teacher unions, that you don't need as many teachers as your town or your county currently have, and you don't need to spend as much on teaching facilities and equipment. 
We know this because that's basically what the teachers' union and the school boards have demonstrated. Many of you at home are carrying a lot of the weight of educating your children today, plus you're paying these confiscatory property taxes or other forms of taxes to pay for this massive education leviathan. You're paying teachers full salaries, full benefits, medical, pension, while they're not going into school, and they're threatening to strike, and they have no intention of going back to school right now. Despite the data, they don't believe in the science. Despite the data. So this is important. The next time the budget comes up for your local school district, you need to show up at your school board and fight it and demand a slashing. And if the teachers go on strike, you now know how to teach your kids. You can bring in tutors. You can teach them on your own, homeschool them. You can, bring them in, uh, you can have a uh, community teaching uh, situation if you want where several parents get together. Maybe you can try private schools or parochial schools. And I, the private schools don't have to be expensive. But there is a, oddly enough, there is a silver lining to this. But I got to thinking, Mr. Producer, if we're going to have virtual teaching, can we have virtual salaries for the teachers? Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, you just kind of wave checks in front of the computer and you say, see, this is what you would be paid if you were showing up for work. Mr. Producer doesn't like that idea. His wife's a teacher, I'm sure. But you know what I mean. We can have virtual health care. In other words, you don't get it till you show up. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Virtual health care, virtual pension, virtual salary. And as I've said for months, one of the reasons we have such a dichotomy in this country is because damn near half of this country is on the public payroll. And I'm not talking about the cops and people associated with them. Those, God, they earn their money. They earn much more than what they're paid. I'm talking about the paper pushers. Massive bureaucracies at the federal, state, and local level. Again, teachers union, who are threatening local school boards with massive left-wing agendas and more spending, or they're not coming to work. My idea is, okay, goodbye. We're going to cut 25% of you, and we're not going to miss you. And maybe we'll turn some of our school rooms into uh, grocery stores. Make them useful. All these schools are sitting empty right now. Nothing's happening. Teachers aren't showing up for work. Nothing's happening. Administrators aren't showing up. They're all getting paid. You have uh, the Democrats who are saying that the Republicans are proposing a 30% cut in unemployment. This is how the big lie is spread. There's no 30% cut in unemployment. The Republicans want to give full unemployment compensation extended plus $200. Because prior to that, it was plus $600. And what did we say here? You're going to disincentivize people. They're not going to go back to work. And why should they? Maybe they'll get the virus and so forth. Because, you know, these are, these are hardworking jobs. You're paid a certain amount of money. If you stay home, the federal government's saying, hey, stay home. We'll give you another 600 bucks." Well, people are having trouble hiring people when their businesses are even allowed to open. So the Democrats are demanding that that $600 bonus payment, and that's what it is, continues. Why? So they can accuse the Republicans of cutting 30% of unemployment. It's not even part of unemployment. It's supposed to be a one-time hit. And so this is why the conservatives, the few who are left in the Republican Party in the House and the Senate, got to vote this stuff down. 
I know the White House will be upset. Just vote it down because it's not going to be enough to gin up the economy. The Democrats are going to be blackmailing the Republicans left and right. Just give it up. Explain what's going on. Demand that they open the economy. Continue to demand that the schools are open. Fight for liberty. Fight for growth. Fight for opportunity. Fight for what's ours. Fight for the suburbs as well as the cities. And remind people what Biden wants to do. The cities are burning. Many areas of the cities are unlivable. How do I know? Because LeBron James doesn't want to live in them. Steph, that's the idiot's name. Steph Curry doesn't want to live in them. By the way, that great that Greg Popovich still opens his big, fat, stupid mouth every damn weekend. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? What a jerk. What a clown. He's the coach of what team? San Antonio? Moron. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We've got an enemy to fight. Not an adversary, an enemy. The Democrat Party is the enemy. The Washington Post is the enemy. Now, let's talk about cancel culture on social media sites and what you can do about it. Wait a minute. Somebody just showed up. How are you doing, sweetie? Hello, Mark Levin. I haven't seen my wife all day. My lovely wife. Let's talk about cancel culture on social media sites and what you can do about it. The left wants to silence and boycott any voices they don't agree with. Twitter and Facebook were supposed to be open platforms. I don't need their content moderators acting like the op-ed section of the New York Times or the Washington Post. And we're going to get to this in the next hour. We're going to get to this. Because they're at it again. So instead of letting social media sites cancel your right to free speech, why don't you cancel them instead? Now, you could just deactivate all your social media accounts, but that would be giving the left just what they wanted in the first place. Instead, I use ExpressVPN. Now, when you use ExpressVPN, you make anonymous much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com. mark by visiting my special link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Again, that's EXPRESSVPN.com slash mark, ExpressVPN.com slash mark to protect your data. Now, this is more like it from the Daily Wire breaking over 100 police agencies pull out of agreements to guard the DNC convention. More than 100 law enforcement agencies have reportedly pulled out of security agreements to send personnel to help with security at the Democrat National Convention next month, in part because they're concerned about recent efforts to limit law enforcement's use of tear gas and pepper spray in responding to violent riots. Now, let me just say this. There are 4,000 police all across this country. That's all. That's not a lot. It's time for you to resist. 
It's time for you to resist your mayors and governors. Obviously, I don't mean violently. You don't have to be the subject of vulgarity, of physical abuse, of torment. You've been called Nazi stormtroopers. You've been called Nazi Gestapo. You've been called Nazi secret police. You're attacked for defending your fellow Americans. You're attacked for defending buildings and bridges and precincts. People are are abusing you without consequence. They're destroying your lives, which means the lives of your family. I can only imagine the psychiatric effect, the psychological effect, rather, that this has on people in uniform. You can resist, too. You can resist. You can say, "Uh, I'm sorry, we're not defending the DNC. We're not interested. We're not defending the mayor's house. We're not interested. We're not doing certain things. Why does the teachers union have more power than the police unions? The police unions need to start stepping up and defending their members. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I had this planned for hour three, so here we are. If you are not using the platform parlor, you need to use the platform parlor because they believe in free speech there. Twitter does not, Facebook does not, Google does not. You need to use the platform parlor. It's not a conservative side or a liberal side, it is an honest platform. And so when Twitter, Facebook, and Google colluded, to censor what numerous doctors had done yesterday at a press conference. I had Mr. Producer put that video on my parlor site. Is that the right way to say it, Rich? The full video. So where can they see it on the full video on parlor, Mr. Producer? Go, go to the Parlor app and search Mark Levin Show and it'll be there. Also, The Blaze, I am proud to say, on that site also 
has that video that was censored by the big three. And this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to create and support uh, counter and alternative platforms. I'm very proud of my folks and my buddies at The Blaze because they immediately stepped into action. And of course, in addition, you can't have too many sites, right? You need as many as you can. I put it on my parlor location there for you too. And uh, I'm pulling it up now. If you'll wait one second. Uh, One second, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. Everybody, count the three. Well, if you post the link, won't they kill it on Facebook and Twitter? Isn't that the problem? We don't. Let's post it and see what happens. Now, Twitter suspended Donald Trump Jr. for sharing video of the doctor and doctors talking about this hydroxychloroquine as a potential cure for COVID-19. Now, here's what I know. We have professors from the finest institutions. We have exquisitely educated and experienced doctors from the finest hospitals and all different kinds of uh, specialties who swear that hydroxychloroquine with zinc and so forth and so on cures, if not all people, most people. And that the side effects are so de minimis, but they're being emphasized by the media and they're being emphasized by government bureaucrats at the FDA and other places in order to try and prevent you from using it. Now, here's what's interesting. Prior to this virus, access to hydroxychloroquine by doctors prescribing it in the United States was never an issue. You can get it, and you can get as much as you want, and it's very, very inexpensive. It's cheap. It's pennies for a pill. Literally. And so, like, any doctor will tell you who's actually worth their degree, there are all kinds of of, uh, medicines out there, drugs, that are used for alternative uses. And we've touched on this. And doctors do this all the time. Doctors do this all the time. So there's a medicine that maybe is for chemo use, And yet that medicine may help people with dementia or so forth and so on. Because think of it this way. It's just logical for top doctors and scientists with experience, with with, with excellent backgrounds, to know what's available out there and what might work for their specific patient under those specific factual circumstances. So what's happening in most of our states is governors are saying you cannot use it to doctors. They're making political decisions. The FDA said okay, then the FDA pulled back because Fauci said he wasn't all that excited about it. You have one or two federal doctors who've been in the bureaucracy for half a century? They're not even out there practicing in the private sector with real patients 
during this pandemic. They're sitting back and they're giving their opinions. So we have doctors in white coats who work in emergency rooms on the front lines who have been using this or trying to use this, and they say it works, but at least give us the freedom to use it. Why are these politicians telling us no? Why are the media so invested in its failure? And the answer is simple. They don't want anything to work until after the election. We've talked about this. They want the schools closed. They don't even want a vaccine before the election. They don't want other therapeutics before the election. And the thing about hydroxychloroquine, you wouldn't even need a vaccine if it was used on a, on a wide basis. And so you have doctors talking about this. You had a doctor step up and say, open the schools, the data shows. And so Twitter and Facebook and Google decided you are not allowed to hear these doctors. So under the cover of darkness last night, they pulled the video. This is absolutely shocking. Now, there's a hearing tomorrow, as I understand it, in front of this same craven, insane House Judiciary Committee. And they really need to get to the bottom of free speech and what these damn platforms are doing. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened long enough, I've basically said years ago, leave them alone, it's the private sector. Now that I've really, really studied this, and I understand they get special protection by Congress, and they're more and more brazen about their left-wing anti-Trump agenda, much like Fred Ryan over there at the Washington Post and these other guys, what needs to happen is those protections need to be removed. And what also needs to happen, you can't rely on Congress, not with the Democrats controlling one house and Mitch McConnell controlling the other. You start using Parler. I don't own Parler. I'm not invested in Parler. I'm invested in Liberty. Use the Parler site, P-A-R-L-E-R, P-A-R-L-E-R. You can still use Twitter and the rest, but include Parler, as I do. And use it as your main platform. As your main platform. You need to defund. You need to BDS Twitter. You need to defund and BDS Facebook. You need to defund and BDS Google. There are alternatives out there. There are entrepreneurs that have created alternatives out there. Embrace them. Use them. Punish these bastards. Now, if my doctor decides, whether it's my cardiologist or primer or whatever, that I should take hydroxychloroquine with the various other stuff, then that's between my doctor and me. I don't understand this, Mr. Producer. The same people, for the most part, in the media and the Democrat Party, who say, no, hydroxychloroquine is dangerous. Under certain circumstances. And the FDA hasn't approved it. Not for this. Most of them favor abortion on demand. 
abortion to the last second. Now, you can prove that's a human being. That's a real baby. And I can assure you that an abortion, 99.9% of the time, will result in the death of the baby. They call that a choice between a woman and her doctor. Hey, that's a choice between a woman and a doctor. And I know it is because John Roberts keeps telling us this. And John Roberts knows everything. He's sort of the Anthony Fauci of the Supreme Court. And yet when it comes to hydroxychloroquine, no choice. But it's my life. I want to decide. Nah, only a choice if a woman's killing a baby. And that's for sure. No choice if you and your doctor decide, whatever your maladies may be or whatever. No, no, no. We, the politicians, we, the media, we, the federal bureaucrats, we're going to decide. Now, why are they so obsessed with destroying your ability to have a choice, you and your lawyer? with hydroxychloroquine. Because it'll help hundreds of thousands of people. And they don't want that. I'm telling you the God's honest truth. The President of the United States pointed to it, so they try to humiliate him and mock him. Virtually every host on every cable channel has done that. Virtually every damn one of them downplays this, or trashes the President of the United States, or embraces some survey that took place in, uh, in Guam, or, uh, or a group of scientists who got to... But these doctors were saying, wait a minute, we can challenge those so-called studies, we can point to other studies, and we can point to our own practices. We've actually treated 350 patients. Where we've act- I mean, that's a big number. Not censored. Can't know about this. Can't know about it. But you can know about it if you go to Parlor because I posted it there, and you can know about it if you go to The Blaze because we posted it there. And I would strongly suggest that you check it out. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. So download the Parlor app, and then I want you to like Mark Levin's show on Parlor. okay? At Mark Levin Show. Follow. I don't know the hell how to speak this language. Follow Mark Levin Show on Parlor. Greg Gutfeld, you come here every other year, and I'm going to tell you something. I really 
think you're terrific. I love you on the five. Your Saturday show is actually something that's fun to watch. And, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing for this country because I can see your growing passion and fury, and I share it. And you've written a terrific book called The Plus. It is out today. We're linking to it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Tell us about your book. Well, you know what it was? It, I didn't have to write it, which is weird, because generally you have a contract and then you're compelled to write it. I didn't have anything. To, I didn't need to do it. But I had, there were so many weird things going on um, that all seemed to have an underlying cause. I started to see, like, what was happening on social media, what was happening on the street with Antifa, and just the way people were treating each other. Uh, it seemed like there was a psychological shift away from dialogue and more towards, I don't know what it was, but it felt like it was getting to an ugly place. And I thought about this, I don't know, eight or nine months ago, and I was thinking, okay, I could write about the problem, which I always do, or I could try to write a solution, which is the plus, which is to find a way that as a person, how you can be more positive and help people out in order to reduce these, I don't know, this psychological friction that's going on. And, and, and I didn't anticipate COVID. I didn't anticipate these riots or this, this, all this other crazy crap. But it seems, to, it seems to hit at the right point because I think we're all feeling this weird way of like, what can we do in the face of this? conflict that seems to be almost out of control i don't know and you know people are actually coming up to me greg and they're saying if the democrats get elected where do i go yeah are are people saying that like what country do i go to i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's very very serious problem and people have anxiety and they can't sleep and you try to address that somewhat right well yeah and and i I'm, i'm trying to figure out okay is this just something that we are that is magnified by social media or being in the news cycle, right? And it's like someone goes, oh, Greg, the stuff that's happening in Oregon, it's only three blocks. Like you have people telling you, don't, Greg, you're, you're going crazy. You know, it's, it, the rest of Oregon doesn't care. But then you see it in Seattle. My, my neighborhood got looted in, in June, okay? It was like, it, it, and it was awful. So I'm like, I go, I know this isn't isolated. And I know that the way that we're dealing with this isn't right. So what do we do about it? And so I have, I try to talk about, I mean, I'm trying to talk about how dealing, how to deal with people uh, in a way that kind of dials back this, I don't know, this, this weirdness. Now you can't deal with a lot of people. They're not going to like, I don't think you can argue with anybody on the street. I don't think it's wise. I think the best thing you can do is stay away. But I'm, I'm, you know, in, in the world that is coming into your world, like social media, you've got to learn how to deal with it or it's going to make you nuts. So that's my goal is to reduce that. The problem is, if I wrote this book, it would be like three sentences. <laughs> what were they tell, every, tell everybody to F off and walk yeah. away from them. Exactly. My problem is, is that I, <laughs> like, like you, I have to show up every day. You know, when I have yeah. to talk, and it, it, it is like I am, I, if in, a, in a world that I could control, I would be a hermit. Because the way things are, I would just want to run away and hide. But I can't, and I have to, you know, and, and, and I live with, my wife is totally different than me. She's like, Greg, things aren't as bad. Go outside. She'll say, go outside, you go outside. And she's right. When you go outside, you forget about it. Unless you're in downtown New York, and then you... And the sniff the pepper spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but give us a couple examples. What, what, well, what, what should you do? All right, well, the first, I think the, the, the most important thing... Bottom line, for everybody, 
in this era of camp of cancel culture, we have to learn to share the risk. We have to make it costly for people to come after other people, including people you don't know. Mm-hmm. The beauty of the Covington story, and he's like kind of the tip of that spear, is that he's now making it costly for people to destroy each other. Because it should, it, when that happened to the Covington kid, that should have been really easy for the media. Just to isolate the kid, totally, you know, throw him to the wolves and move on to the next Republican pro-life target. But it didn't turn out that way. They were, they were exposed, and people shared the risk. When they saw that it was wrong, people came up and defended him. Of course, they waited until it was safe, but they, they did it anyway. My thing is, it's not that hard to share the risk. All it means is you refrain from joining in the mob, and you question the mob, and you make it harder for them by siding with the person they're targeting with. And, I, and this is basically directed at companies. Because, I mean, it's great if you own your own stuff, you're not going to get canceled. But if you're working for a company and you happen to wear a red hat and they fire you, you got that's, the, that's what everybody's scared of. So if everybody shared the risk and said we're in this together and locked hands, the cancel culture would be dead. And then all of this kind of mob mentality on social media and on the streets, think about like how the social media mob and the mob in Portland. Hold your, hold your point. Hold your sure. point because I definitely exactly. want to hear it. We're going to hold Greg over because this is very important. His book is The Plus, The Plus. You can go on Amazon.com right now and order it. Or if you happen to be on my social sites on Facebook or Twitter or better yet on Parlor, go for it. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. show with a warning label, The Liberals, The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Greg Gutfeld's brand new book, The Plus. You were saying Greg Gutfeld until I interrupted you. Yes. What were you saying? I was talking about the mobs. I was talking yes. about the, we have mobs on social media, we have mobs on the street, and today we saw a mob at the hearing, and they're all the same. They're unbending. Yeah. Uh, you can't reason with them. And they assume by being like unbending that you will just let them let them go. My belief is that if you stand up to them and you provide some friction, they will go away. Uh, but today, I don't know how much of the hearing you saw and how infuriated you were by two it. hours. It was shocking. It was disgusting. It was amazing. And so here's the, I, I, I've got to point out two things 
that make me crazy. They only have one line of defense. The majority of protesters are peaceful. They don't realize that that doesn't matter, that bad things don't become exempt in small amounts. You know, the majority of Americans aren't serial killers. You don't need a majority. So the idea that somehow the majority of protesters are peaceful, it somehow negates the idea is idiotic. The only reason why I can figure out that that the left and the liberals in general are denying violence is to admit that it's bad means that they were somehow aligning with Trump. And so they'd rather just like, they'd rather, in, they've invested so much in that, their hatred for Trump that they would rather just be- support thugs. And- well, let me ask you this. How many of these people are going to vote Republican? None. None. Yes. Yeah, That's part of their base out there. Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, it's, it's, it, it's, it's but it's amazing how that it's now kind of involved in almost every part of that world. Well, let me and ask you this. You, something that was happening. Can you they fight won. these people politically and otherwise and still be sane? Isn't that what you're pretty much saying? Yeah. In your own private you to, life. Yeah. You have to – you, if you get pulled into this, it's like an un, unending war. So you almost have to step out of it like a scientist and look at it like you're looking at some – like bizarre space alien or some underground sea creature and like you're just what wow, this is really weird they have absolutely no wisdom or common sense yet they still wander around uh, they they um they they are uh they can't destroy each other they don't take yes or no for an answer they're a mob and that's i mean you have to like look at it almost from an abs like a like a detached view i don't think you can i don't think you can reason with them and so you have to, like, preserve yourself. You have to protect yourself, essentially. You, you know what's interesting? I remember the day, and it wasn't that long ago, where if you tried to firebomb a courthouse, you'd be shot on sight. Now we're debating I, I, on whether it's tear gas or pepper, or pepper gas. You know, you, know what's, you know what's worse? They're saying it's, it's peaceful. They've blinded police officers. Oh, terrible. I don't know, I don't know what, like, okay, is blind, like, how is blinding not seen as, like, uh, attempted murder because mm-hmm. I mean it's like, oh no you, they just took away the most important sense that you have I mean it, it, it is attempted murder I don't understand how and so they, they tried to pick up a guy I guess that they thought had the, the lasers but he didn't have it and now it's the police's fault for picking up this guy mm-hmm. it's it's we have, they're stacking the whole deck against law and order to allow this to continue it is it's it's um I never, I never thought I would see this in my mm-hmm. life, and I'm hoping no. that maybe it's an aberration. Well, the book is great. It's called The Plus Self-Help for People Who Hate Self-Help. Yeah. And uh, you're very, very witty. Keep up the great work. I very much enjoy it. You know, a couple of years ago, I was kind of rough on you. That's and okay. I, I, you, always, you know what? I kind of you know that this is the beauty of the book is that I knew when I – like I admitted when I was wrong – you were mad at me for some things, but then you realized, you know, he's not so bad. And no, that's also, right. I, and also, I admit I was wrong on some of the opinions that you were mad about. So I actually, I actually saw the mistakes I was making. It took me, it took me a, a while to figure it out. But you was like, oh, he's not so bad, and I was like, maybe I was wrong. So we all we kind of met it. Just, we but but here's the thing. This is why I think Dave Rubin is now much more libertarian and conservative. You're on the left. That's it. You're dead. You're yeah. done, and they move. I'm not that way. You're not that yeah. way. I said, well, now, no. wait a minute. Let me, what did he just say? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They don't exactly. engage that way. Yeah. It's also really fun 
to like when you figure when somebody tells you you're wrong and you go wow and you actually are able to learn from it it's pretty good which is what happened to me in 2016 and it it, it i i learned from that and now i i'm i actually welcome being wrong and i like talking to the left as long as they're like human and normal as long as they're unarmed well yes exactly <laughs> Keep up the good work. I hope this book does great. Ladies and gentlemen, get it on Amazon right now. It's out today. The Plus Self-Help for People Who Hate Self-Help. And good luck, my friend. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. You take care of yourself. Now we're going to do something I don't think we've ever done. We're going to bring in my buddy Joel Pollack from Breitbart because we have some breaking news and it's not good. Joel Pollack, how are you, buddy? Good evening, Mark. All right. Now what's going on with big tech? Well, we've just broken a story at Breitbart News about how Google has been interfering in the 2020 election by changing its search results to direct users away from conservative news websites. And you can find it at Breitbart.com. It's a lead story, but I'll give you the highlights. And well, we'll hold on one second. Mr. Producer, let's flop that right up on my social sites. All right, go ahead, Joel. Sorry. So we noticed that we were getting less and less of our traffic from Google. We've survived everything that the left has thrown at us, boycott efforts, you name it. We've succeeded despite all that. But we noticed that less and less of our traffic was coming from Google. And we started looking into the data. And I'm going to give you a number that's going to shock you. But Google has interfered with their algorithm several times to cause three major drops in our traffic, and they've dropped other conservative news websites' traffic as well. But on May 1st of this year, if you Googled Joe Biden, the words Joe Biden, the name Joe Biden, you got 30,000 impressions for Breitbart links. So they gave you a whole bunch of stories from Breitbart. After May 5th, after they changed the algorithm, it went to zero. So we went from 30,000 impressions to zero if you searched for Joe Biden, articles about Joe Biden on Google. They completely killed any stories about Joe Biden from Breitbart coming up on Google. And we've got the data in this article by our tech team. Alan Bakari is the author, but there's also an effect on other conservative websites. If you look at how much traffic comes from Google to news websites in general, the mainstream media, they get a huge proportion of their traffic from Google. Conservative websites are being suppressed. You name it. Uh, National Review, Fox News, Washington Examiner, The Blaze. It's all down at the bottom. And Google is messing with their algorithm to deny search engine traffic to conservative news websites. And they're doing this to fulfill the promise they made on that video we released Back after the 2016 elections, we got a leaked video from Google, all the executives crying over the election and swearing it would never happen again. This is it. The tech machine is being rolled out to interfere in the 2020 election and suppress the information going to the American people, and we have the proof. Now, Joel, there's a hearing tomorrow in Congress. I believe it's the same House Judiciary Committee. Isn't that right, With about big tech? There's a big tech hearing, and I know there are some Republicans who have been talking about introducing legislation. More important for now, the public has to be aware that this interference by far dwarfs any kind of foreign interference. The Democrats are talking about foreign interference. We need to be concerned about that, but this is orders of magnitude. So what do we do? What do we do? Use other search sites? Encourage people to use other search sites? 
You can encourage people to use other search sites, but more importantly, you've got to call your members of Congress and tell them they have to rein in the tech giants. There has to be a regulatory response to either break them up or regulate them, head them to the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and investigate what they're doing to interfere in the 2020 presidential election. It's absolutely happening. And, you know, again, we are fighters here. We've been through everything. Our site traffic is very, very good. But you look at what happened to our video of the press conference about the doctors and how Facebook mm -hmm. took it down. And now you have Google suppressing our search results deliberately, we believe, even though they deny it. It's, look, you look at the data, it's undeniable. You go from heavy traffic one day, zero the next from Google. And this is what big tech is trying to do to steal the 2020 election for Joe Biden, the Democrats, and the radical left. Boy, oh, but they devour every damn aspect of this society, don't they? Right. Well, they not only have the traffic monopoly on, on search engines, they have the ad monopoly. Mm -hmm. Google and Facebook, these tech companies control every aspect, not just what you find on the Internet, but how you have to advertise if you want to get your product or your business in front of people. So they control both sides of it, the information and the advertising. It's classic vertical integration. And I understand there's antitrust investigations going on, but this is now a few months. That takes years. That's right. And yeah. and the thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, I also think these are illegal campaign contributions. They're Absolutely. massive in-kind contributions. Yeah, they're suppressing the websites that conservative voters use to get information. And by the way, our traffic isn't just from conservatives. We expose things that the mainstream media won't. I mean, when the New York Times wants a live stream of a protest in favor of the Second Amendment, for example, they don't have reporters there. They've actually linked to us in the past because we're the only people on the ground. So we are providing information to the American people, and you can make up your own mind. We live stream conservative events, but we get big traffic when we live stream Nancy Pelosi's press conferences. We just make sure everybody has the information, but they want to kill our traffic because they know that conservatives come to us for news, and they want to prevent Donald Trump from having a competitive chance in the 2020 election. It's incredible. Absolutely disgusting. All right, Joel, thank you. We will link to that article, and I encourage everybody to read it. And by the way, we took the video, your video, and we put it on uh, Blaze. We put it on Parler, and we want to make sure it gets out there as much as possible. So, Well, you know, whether you thank you, and whether you agree with the substance or not, what they're doing is creating a form of prior restraint. I mean, we just live-streamed mm -hmm. a press conference. What they're saying is you're responsible for something someone says at a press conference that you don't know what they're going to say in advance. It's unbelievable. All right. Thank you. Keep kicking. Thanks, Mark. God bless you. I know it's easy to get down over all this. Instead, I want that fury to build in you. You already know what's at stake. But I don't know what this country is going to look like if we lose this election. I don't have the foggiest idea what it's going to look like. And I'm praying to the good Lord... That on election night, behind this microphone, when those results start to come in, as they did four years ago, and I hope you'll be joining me, I hope the president wins, we hold the Senate, and we take the House in the greatest upset victory in electoral American history. That is what needs to happen here. Or you're going to lose the suburbs, you're going to lose freedom of association, you're going to lose free speech, you're going to lose aspects of freedom of the press you're going to lose everything 
may not feel like it immediately, but it will. Because it's the Bernie Sanders agenda, it's the New York Times agenda, it's the Washington Post agenda. And you see what's going on in the streets. You never believed it would happen, and it's happening. You know who benefits from this? Obviously the Marxists. But our enemies. Communist China, fascist Russia, fascist Iran, communist North Korea. They're all rooting for Biden. They're all rooting for the Democrats. And this virus, which could have been nipped in the bud, has undermined the president's election of possibilities on the economy. So he's fighting with one arm tied behind his back. They're blaming the virus on the president. That's why they tell you not to call it the China virus. It has nothing to do with race. When Nancy Pelosi comes in and starts calling it the Trump virus, she's a very, very mentally ill old lady. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let me end on this note. You've heard of Americans for Prosperity. Many of you have worked with Americans for Prosperity as volunteers. Many of you have donated to Americans for Prosperity. Many billionaires and multimillionaires have supported Americans for Prosperity. Well, don't. I just saw this on their website, americansforprosperity.org. Alleged civil liberties violations by federal agents in Portland must be investigated. Law enforcement and other public officials play a dual role in the criminal justice system, they write, ensuring our communities are safe while protecting the constitutional rights of citizens. The deployment of federal agents to quell a violent faction of protests in Portland, Oregon, has raised questions on both fronts. So these are radical libertarians. Radical libertarians. And so you see what's going on on television those of us who don't live in Oregon, you see what's going on in Portland, you see what's going on in our cities. And Charles Koch and his foundations want an investigation of the federal agents. I've just about had enough of this, ladies and gentlemen. Now you get to make a choice between good and evil, between right and wrong, between liberty and tyranny. Charles Koch is also thrown in, as I believe, with the Soros Foundation when it comes to foreign policy. 
Well, that's another red flag. So the Koch Foundation, Americans for Up Prosperity, and all the rest of it, they're gone. They've gone to the dark side. But we will continue to fight on. Because I believe, and I have to believe like you have to believe, that there are more of us than them. That is, more of us who believe in liberty and individualism, that we are the greatest country in the face of the earth. More of us who believe that the future, the future, will be one of freedom and prosperity. But we're going to have to be resolute, because it's not going to be handed to us. In fact, we have to grab it back now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I'll see you right here tomorrow, same place. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you for listening. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.